Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. I'm excited to have this beautiful soul here with me. Her name is Fanny Grande, and she's a Venezuelan-American award-winning filmmaker. She's an actor, a director with more than 20 years of experience in the entertainment business a three-time Imagen Award nominee. She has received several recognitions for her worth both in front and behind the camera. Grande's experience in Hollywood allowed her to witness firsthand as an actor, producer, and director the lack of opportunities for Latino filmmakers and creatives. This led her to create her own opportunities and establish Avenida Productions as an avenue for others to do the same. Fanny equips filmmakers with the necessary tools and resources and gives them the power to reclaim their own narrative in Hollywood and finally bring authentic representation to the screen. Wow, she's an amazing soul. Her name is Fanny Grande. She has a beautiful story, and I know you're going to enjoy this episode. And we get to think big, see our faces on the screen, you know, produced, directed by a Latina. And I'm excited to have her here. And you get to learn a bit about Hollywood and the trials and tribulations of being Latina as a Latina actor, as a Latina producer, as a Latina filmmaker. So... Without further ado, this is Fanny Grande. Welcome, 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 Fanny. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank um, you, thank you, thank you. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, that was an amazing event. What an incredible, powerful gathering of Latinas. I really felt like, yes, we are the jefas. Yes, we are the jefas. And speaking yes. of jefas, because you are a jefa, but before you became a jefa, you were born here and you have a family from Venezuela. So tell me, how was your upbringing? Yeah, I had an interesting upbringing. I was born in the U.S. because my parents 
where on scholarship in the U.S., the Venezuelan government in the 70s had this program in which they were sending all these students who were good students, mostly from like low class, middle class, out to the world to get educated. And then they had to return and promise to work in Venezuela for at least 10 years. And my parents received one of these scholarships and they went to LSU in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And then wow. they they had to move back and they're like, hey, let's have a kid. So she's American. That's right. <laughs> so I was bored. But, you know, I, English was my first language, but I forgot it because I moved to Venezuela and I was like three. Oh, yeah. And I grew up in called La Gringa, right? Uh-huh. But, <laughs> but when I came back to the U.S. And listen, my, my upbringing was beautiful. Venezuela was thriving at the time. You know, I was acting because that's always been my love. I was, you know, singing. I was a performer since a very young age. Mm. And but when I turned 17, my parents, you know, they saw the political situation in my country get really bad. So we left and we moved to Denver, Colorado. And to me, I didn't know any difference. I was like, oh, I'm closer to Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) And then you look at the map and you're like, well, not really. I got to cross the states. I was like, oh, wait, I'm closer, but not that close. (laughs) So I moved to Denver and I went to university in Denver to pursue my acting career. So I got a degree in acting and directing from the University of Colorado. Yeah. So what was your influence? Like, why entertainment? Like, did were your parents part of this? Is that nobody, the reason they nobody. got their scholarships to come and study over here? What? Why? What happened? Nobody. I'm an anomaly in my family. I have an uncle who's who's in the business, but and a cousin that's in the business. But no, I didn't grow up with it. I grew up singing. I think I got hooked because I think it was in kindergarten. And I did a play at school and I had to memorize all these lines. And I was like six or five, you know, uh-huh. and I memorized this whole thing. And but to me, it was very easy. And I sang and I did all these things and I got a standing ovation. And I just remember the lights on my face, you know, oh. <laughs> and I was like, I'm hooked yes. <laughs> to my parents, like chagrin. They didn't want me to pursue. They knew it was going to be hard. They didn't yeah. know how hard, but. My mom was like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Didn't you want to be a lawyer? <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. No, no, no. No. Um, no, I just came out of that. Like, it's, I don't remember a time in my life when I did not want to be a performer. It's very interesting. I feel, I, sh- you know, it's a curse and a blessing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> It's a yeah. blessing because I have always known what I wanted to do. And it's a curse because it's so difficult, you know? And I was like, nope, this is what I'm doing. And that's it, you know? So yeah. that's where that came from. Yeah. Oh, my, that's fascinating that, you know, you have like a dual life almost, right? Like America and Venezuela. And yeah, they- and in Venezuela, people tell me I'm a gringa. I'm here, of course. When I moved here, they're like, uh, no, you're not. You're a Latina. And I really got the difference when I moved here, you know, having to check a box. Yeah. Or to go to college, right? Oh, check a box. And there were no Venez- there's no box for Venezuelan. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. I checked a bunch of them. <laughs> you know, I didn't know <laughs> what I was doing. You know? <laughs> and then I really got present to wow, the way they relate to race and ethnicity in this country is very different yeah. than how I grew up, right? I never was faced like, where are you? Never had to think about that, yeah. you know, right. until I moved here and was 
very clearly told like no you're not you're not a gringa yeah yeah. thanks Um, now i'm fighting for like wait who are you to tell me i'm not you know that's what i'm trying to really change yes yes we are all american exactly amen to that definitely Mm -hmm. and i know that you have a couple of films that really weave in Mm -hmm. into this whole race and that paradigm of like the clash between one country and the other country and how we can manage. Um, Cause I always say like, you know, the systems were not made for us yeah. period and a story. So we yeah. get to create our own systems. Exactly. Right. We get to disrupt or create our own. Right. Yes. So when yes. it comes to Hollywood, you know, we are almost 20% of the population we buy one in four movie tickets. We consume the most media of any ethnic group, yet we're invisible in media. Yeah. You know, all our shows get canceled. <laughs> like our movies is like, we. I think we're at like 4% representation in media in the US. So the gap is large. And, you know, a lot of that representation is very stereotypical, not who we are as a people. And yeah. behind the camera, the numbers are even worse. Oh. So I made up my mission very early on. I was really young when I started creating my own content. And I was like, no, nah, we're gonna we're gonna change this. Yeah. We're gonna create our own. We're gonna really carve out our own space. Yes. It's a huge industry. Right. And the way we're represented in the media affects everything. It affects mm-hmm. how we're seen and how we see ourselves. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. So now that we're talking about just this media and whatnot, you were living in Denver, you came to LA at some point in your life and on this mission. So tell us, because I know you are a co-founder of an amazing studio called Avenida Productions, but I want to know, like, what were those stepping stones to create this Avenida production? Yeah, I was in Denver. I went to college and I would not get cast in any place. And the dean of the college one day said, well, you should go to the Latino theater company in town. And at first I was offended because I'm paying them to educate me. Like, why wouldn't you cast me in things like I've been acting my whole life? So but I did. I actually joined the theater company in town and I found a group of people who were also fighting for representation. And I was like, wow, this is systematic. I got to do something about it. And there was one professor in my college that really encouraged me to write my own plays, to cast myself in them. And that's how, you know, it sort of started. I represented the school at the regional Kennedy Center competition from one of the things I had written. I was like, ooh, okay. And then before I moved to L.A., I wanted to make a little movie, a short film, right? Because I was like, I want to move to LA with something. <laughs> so I knew somebody that worked at Univision and my friends from the theater company. And we made this short film, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I learned a lot. I sort of used my skills from directing theater into this film. And then I moved to LA and right away I entered my little short into a festival called the Latina Independent Film Extravaganza. I <laughs> <laughs> was founded by Josefina Lopez, and she's the writer and uh, Real Women Have Curves, right? <gasps> yeah, and she's nice. a playwright. So I was like, ooh, I was, anyway. So, and I won a little award at the festival called uh, Promising Filmmaker. Mm. And that really encouraged me to keep 
creating my own content because when I moved to LA, I realized, wow, it's even worse than I thought. <laughs> like every actor that Latino actor that I was talking to is like, oh man, we're so tired of playing the gangbangers. Like, you know, yeah. in East LA, like the whole population, Latino population does not reside in East LA. And the way East LA is portrayed in film is not fair, you know? Yeah. Anyway. So I started making more and more short films. I won some major festivals, including, you know, South by Southwest and many others, but I still could not get representation. Like it was just insane. So people started saying, well, the reason is you got to actually make a feature length film. Oh my gosh. At the time I was a single mother of two little boys. Like, How the heck am I going to do a feature? How am I going to get this funded? That's it just didn't seem possible. And somebody had mentioned, oh, you should try crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was at the time. But I was like, I started doing my research and I was like, oh, so I can get my project funded by the community. Mm-hmm. That's how I saw it. That's how I interpreted it. So I ran my first crowdfunding campaign for a film called Homebound. Okay. And I went to the community and I said, listen, help me make a movie about a an American family that just happens to be a Latino family with no stereotypes. And that was such a revolutionary idea back then. This was 10 years ago. Now everybody's talking about it, you know, which is great. Yeah. But back then, I think I was the first person in the community to do a crowdfunding campaign for a feature film. It was really beautiful because I was really inclusive on my social media and, you know, I was very vulnerable, my ups and downs. Yeah. And I raised enough money to make the film. And then we shot in a small town in Texas and people had seen the campaign film, you know, the campaign video for the movie. Uh Uh And they started showing up on set. Like I didn't have to pay for one extra. I didn't pay for any locations, any picture cars. We had people showing up on set with food (laughs) to feed everybody. I even had somebody show up and he's like hey i have a crop duster if you want to use it so i had aerial shots you know this is before the drones yeah <laughs> so that was really cool nice. and i really got the power of community like people are starved for representation it became you know like community theater it became community movie you know yeah. and the movie came out great because my dollars really stretched out and but then i couldn't sell it nobody would buy it Oh, why is it in English? Oh, it's not said in East LA. <laughs> These are the things I think. Yeah, oh, you don't have any celebrities. You should have cast J-Lo. I'm like, J-Lo's not going to do my tiny film. <laughs> you know? like, I'm trying to build celebrities, not yeah. use the one celebrity that we have. So I went back to the community. I said, hey, this movie, this awesome movie you helped me make, I can't sell it. So people started requesting the film at their local movie theater. Okay. And I toured the country with the movie and that's how I sold it. Right. Because then distributors are like, oh, she's got something here. People are showing up to the movies. Right. You know, they're requesting the film. So it was a long process. It was really arduous. It was really hard, but it was so fulfilling. Mm. And then other at the time I was running a nonprofit called Nosotros, which was founded by Ricardo Montalban. Yeah the vibe chair and a lot of the members were asking me like how'd you do that can you teach me can you teach me you know yeah so I started telling other filmmakers storytellers actors writers you know people who want to take charge of their careers I started to sort of like help them on the side and then with my two kids my three jobs you know <laughs> it was a lot 
And then my now husband and I, we were dating at the time. And he was like, he saw me coaching a filmmaker and she's raised a lot of money in a very short period of time. And he was like, babe, this is a business. You're giving it away. (laughs) You know, he's like, no, no, I don't want to charge people. I just want to help. And he's like, you're being so silly. Like, we could have a business that has an impact, a positive impact. You're actually going to be able to really focus on what you love and what you're passionate about, which is about creating opportunities for our community yeah. in Hollywood. So that's all right. He, he quit his job first. And you know what? I have to say at the moment, I was really scared. Like, oh, I got to leave everything to work with my boyfriend, you know, but <laughs> I really trusted him. I just had a lot of trust in him. Yeah. Right. I was like, this guy's not going to let us fail. <laughs> you know, I yeah. just really did. Yeah. And he had yeah. come from the business side. He had worked for startups before. So I was like, okay. So he quit his job. We opened Avenida. Within a couple of weeks, I had to quit mine. I quit my job too, because he was like, yeah, we yeah. had so many clients. Danny Trejo is one of our first clients and so forget oh. it. Like, you know, we yeah. helped him. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's huge. like, it yes, yeah, so we started our kitchen table six years ago and now we have this beautiful building <laughs> yes i see yes avenida yes. studios yes yeah so we're an independent movie studio um, we use non-traditional methods to get our stories told yeah right? we mostly work with latino filmmakers but we work with all filmmakers from underrepresented communities and it doesn't have to be filmmakers we work with so many people that have never made a movie before but just have a great story to tell and are committed to getting it told. Wow. So it's very exciting the work that we're doing. Very oh. unique too. Like people are like, huh? <laughs> but it's working. So Yes. Oh my God. I am so happy that you did this because mm-hmm. we need this. We definitely need yeah. this. Latinas yeah. that empower our community. And this is this industry is tough. It's hard. Tough. Yeah. Really yeah. tough. And you're making it happen. So you created Avenida with your now husband. And I know I was looking through your website and I see that there's like Mi Vida Daca, our yeah. quinceañera. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, okay, as an immigration attorney, Mi Vida Daca, I'm like, okay, hello, hello. Tell me, how did this come about for you? So Mi Vida Daca, you know, like we wanted to call that Inspired by Mi Vida Loca. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, it's my DACA life. So Maribel was one of our first clients and she came and she's like, listen, I heard about, I mean, we knew each other sort of like through social media. And she's like, listen, I'm DACA. I didn't even know what DACA was at the time. I really didn't. And she's like, the government has given me a permit to leave. It's called something called advance parole. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I, I wrote a letter saying the reason they gave me this is because I said I was going to make a documentary. <laughs> I don't know how to make a documentary. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay, let's do it. So oh, wow. we, crowdfunded, we crowdfunded in the middle of the crowdfunding campaign. She gets the letter from the government saying you got two weeks to do this yes. or we're not going to let you come back in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they um, only give you a certain amount of time. You can't. Yeah. can't. But and she got it can't. late. She got it late. Like she got her letter late. We're like, okay, let's, she was freaking out. I was like, let's just do it. You know, we, we can do this. So we, um, <laughs> use my husband and I, and I contracted some, a small crew in, in Mexico and, you know, our client, and we just went to Mexico. This was six years ago. It was one of our first projects that we've been filming for six years. 
because what happened was when we were filming in Mexico, as soon as we got back, Trump got elected. So he had to keep filming because he used the wall. He was using dreamers. He was saying that he was going to get rid of DACA. He was going to deport them all. He was using them as pawns, you know, and people were marching against them. I don't know if you remember, like he got really heated. And DACA is one of the actual, it's one of the few things Republicans and Democrats agree on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not for Trumpers, you know, that's a different breed. So for me, we just wanted to make a film that humanized the immigration story and that really shed light into our immigration system is broken and when people say oh just get back in the back of the line right that's get in the back of the line and then there's no line there's no no line line. no there's like a 30 year wait you're but if you're DACA you don't have a line oh no DACA no right yeah so now we're releasing this film we're actually having a private screening uh, during the Latitude Conference in San Diego. We're very excited because President Obama, who created DACA, is going to be a speaker. So hopefully he shows up for the screening. Oh, my gosh. And then we're going to premiere at the Immigration Film Festival in Washington, D.C. Nice. And when is that? And that is October 13th. We're opening night film. We're very excited because during during the filming, we went to D.C. and we met with people and talk to them it was really cool so that's one of the projects our quinceanera is a beautiful project about a high school principal in a border town in mexico who hosts a free quinceanera for his students who can't afford it and the whole town came together and that came from one of my husband's friends his name is gilbert galvan who works he's also a lawyer by the way He works in the entertainment industry, but he's like, listen, my dad does this amazing thing for his students. And as soon as he shared it with us, we're like, we're doing this. So we crowdfunded it. Within a month, we were there filming. (laughs) And that movie has been amazing because it's won pretty much every festival is screened at. It even won Gina, Gina Davis Film Festival, the Audience Award. And, you know, it's now out in in the world, you know, it's, it's on Tubi, it's on VIX, it's in a bunch of platforms right now for people to watch. Oh, nice. But all we do is like, what can we do to transform a, a stereotype about our community? What can we do to really humanize what we're going through? And, you know, we also have a lot of comedies and stuff that we do. It's not <laughs> all like, right. oh, super deep stuff. Like, we also have to laugh. And at the end of the day, we just want to provide a platform for all our stories to be told, not just that one, right? We're usually, we usually get two, like the struggle of the immigration. Yes. Right. Yes. Or the gambangers, right? And it's like, but there's no, okay, why is somebody a gambanger? Why is somebody like, yes, there's actually some, the culture of like being a cholo or a chola, like there's some richness there that is, that is hardly, explored right so anything when a client comes to us pitching us something that is going to transform certain parts of our community that's the kind of stories we love to tell yes yes and this will be the antithesis of what this trump guy was doing you know like trying to say that we were rapists and murderers and all kinds of stuff and it's like you hear and you're like are you kidding me yeah are you kidding me but but he got elected i know okay and a lot of latinos actually voted for him yes this is why media is so important yes right yeah this is why media is so important because 
if all you see in the media is us as criminals and all and the rapists, yes. you're gonna believe that. Yes. Even if you're a Latino, you're like, well, maybe it's the people coming after me. Right. <laughs> Which I think is kind of hypocritical, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but I think media has such a huge impact. This is why we do the work that we do. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So then you have these two, Mi Vida Daca, Our Quinceañera, which I saw the trailer and I was like, oh my God, it reminded me of when I had my quinceañera many years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So sweet. So what's next for you? So we're very excited. You know, we opened our facility. What's next for us is we're launching Avenida TV, which is our biggest undertaking to date. And it's going to be an American Latino streaming network. So English content or bilingual. And we're going to tell our stories. And we also launch our very own crowdfunding platform. Okay. So we're using all the other ones. And we honed into, okay, what is it that our community needs, our creatives? Can we build a crowdfunding platform that's going to empower the creative? Right? Mm-hmm. And it comes with free coaching. Mm. which is like magical people don't understand like we actually tell you okay take these actions today you know and we guide people through it we launched in march we've already raised six hundred thousand dollars on beta testing in just a few months you know know that it works and people are going through this pipeline of crowdfunding with us then they shoot at our studio and now the missing part is distribution which is going to be avenida tv Nice. And there's no real streamers for our demographic, you know, in English for American Latinos. So we're very excited because it's, it's being generated by the community for the community. And we're just really excited about it. It's a huge undertaking, but all the other streamers are canceling our shows <laughs> and our films. They're like, okay, if we have to do it, we'll do it. We'll do it ourselves, you know, yeah. and that's what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, you make it. You make it. If it's not there, then you make it. That's I think that's part about being a jefa, right? Like if it's not happening, then you create it. Yeah. And for me, I think always wanting to act and not having an option has been like my fuel. But also now it's more of like, no, this is my, I am a stand for our community to be honored and celebrated for our contributions to this country. If the pandemic says anything, you know, Latino business owners were the spine of so many industries during the pandemic. And that's not something you ever hear about, you know? It's like, okay, even help the entertainment industry keep afloat because we consume it so much. So I'm just a stand for our community to be perceived a certain way, not just for... Others, how others see us, but if we can't see it, we can be it, right? Yeah, yeah. Our own youth, ourselves, to be inspired. You know, we were, I'm in Atlanta right now. We did a workshop yesterday with some filmmakers, with about 50 filmmakers, and they're like, wow, now we see it. We can do this. It's like, yes, (laughs) you know? So for us, that's the solution. Not focus just on celebrities and giving them all the money so that they can create projects because it's very limited the number of celebrities that we have for us we're building from the bottom up we're empowering the storytellers the people that have the talent and the skills and the stories they just don't have the partnerships or the know-how right right and that's where you come in yes that's where you come 
Awesome. So they don't have to do this process by themselves because when I did it by myself, when I was figuring it out, it was so difficult. Um, I can imagine. And like yeah. finding the support, not only financially, but just like even emotionally, because I'm I sure know. it's like a roller coaster. It is. It's hard. It's very, very difficult, but really rewarding. And at the end of the day, you're empowering yourself. You're not waiting for somebody to give you permission to create your passion project, your dream project. It's amazing because some of our clients have been trying to make, for example, a feature film for 10, 10 years. And within a year, they have a movie in the can, you know, or in theaters or on Netflix or something like that. And it's like, wow, okay, this works. It really works, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. So for someone like myself, who is so, I I don't know anything about the film industry. I just like films. I like going and seeing them. What can I do and people like me to support you and the cause? Because I think this is something that amigas that are listening to this podcast could hear and understand and do something to help the cause. Yeah. First, we need to really stop spending our dollars with companies that don't support us, that harm us. We have to take a stand. Listen, if you look at the African-American community and even the Asian community, right? They're a little bit more bonded. They take a stand. They're like, if you don't represent us this way, we're not going to give us, we're not going to give you money, period. So there's something about like really taking a stand and how we're getting representing, represented. I feel like the newest, the younger generation, like on TikTok, et cetera, they're more activated. We need to follow their lead. And also support our projects. If you see that we're releasing something, go watch it. Yes. You know, when Avenida TV launches later, please subscribe. Yes. It's going to be $4.99. It's going to be super, super affordable. Subscribe, yeah. watch things, tell yeah. other people, because once we start taking a slice of the industry, they're going to come and we're going to get the funding and the respect that we deserve. That's but just right. like, look at, for example, somebody like Tyler Perry, right? He's like, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. And even if you don't like the content that he creates, you have to respect the man. He has the largest movie studio in the country. He's broke so many stars. He sells content to so many networks. And now when you watch TV, you see African-Americans represented as they should be, you know? We're not there yet, but it's it's much more than us Latinos. And he took somebody like that to say, you know what? Forget this. I'm going to do my own thing. And this is who we're hope. This is who we are for the Latino community. So we just need people to share what we're doing, yes. sign up for a network, yes. support the work that we're doing. Amen. If you want to host a screening of DACA, let us know. We're, we're going to start doing our tour. Yeah, and just lift us up because the work that we're doing is very, very difficult. We are blessed to have a backing of a Latino venture capital firm called Latitude or LatVC, and that's helped us grow. But, you know, we need the support of the actual community. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, for, absolutely. For this to move forward. Yeah. So tell me, when is it supposed to launch Avenida TV? By oh, the yeah. end of the year or early January. You know, nice. we're putting the last little touches on it. Oh, I love that. You hear it, amigas. You got to subscribe. You know, yeah. I always say, like, the only reason this podcast can survive is by people giving me five stars and reviews. Otherwise the algorithms are going to be stale and they're not going to go up. Same thing. 
right? We need to support one another. And I'm so, so, so happy for you. And I know that this is going to be huge. And I definitely you can count on me. I'm going to be subscribing. Yes, yes, absolutely. And we're going to put it in the show notes about Avenida TV. We'll put your website there. So before I let you go, I always like to ask my amigas on the podcast, if you could provide me with one or two tips on how an amiga can handle her shit. I would love to hear for you. So somebody told me once, you got to have a vision that is bigger than yourself. That way you're never going to quit. Something you're very passionate about. Right. So you have this mission. Like for me, my mission is to transform the image of Latinos in the media. Obviously, I'm not going to do that by myself. It's impossible. But because it's big, I take a step every single day and I chip away. Mm. Also, really surround yourself with with the right people is very, you know, follow your gut. It's your life. They don't have to be in your life or in your business if it's not working out. Because as Latinas, a lot of times we want to please. And then we let people that are not a match for us into our lives, into our businesses. And for me, it's really important to, and I hate this, but it's it's the truth. You have to embrace failure as part of your success journey. And really, every day, and I forget sometimes, my husband reminds me, I have to take time to really get present to my blessings and the small wins along the way. This whole thing of making it, it's to me, it's not real. There's no making it, right? You got to really celebrate like, I made it today. What did I do today? Oh, I did a cool podcast. I'm in Atlanta. I had a great workshop yesterday. And I'm going to spend time with my with my family. Yeah, These are huge wins, you know, instead of waiting for this miracle of making it, whatever that means, really do celebrate your victories along the way. Yes. And you know what? As Latinas, oftentimes we don't. We just keep, we're on autopilot. Because we do a billion things a day. My husband says, yeah, that's because you're supernatural. (laughs) You can't expect other people to be like you. You're supernatural. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm a Latina. (laughs) (laughs) We've been given those genes to do a million things at one time. You "You can't expect everybody else to do it. (laughs) Like you're a machine. (laughs) No, I'm a Latina. Trust me. (laughs) Like, Think of your mom. (laughs) He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) My mom was the same, you know. We do these things and when we have passion, oh my God, skyrocket, blast off. Yes. 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 Wonderful. Wonderful. Embrace your failures. I'm all about that. I lean into my failures because I know that at the end, there's that opportunity waiting for me. Yes. And if it didn't happen, maybe it was a reason. It's okay to also allow yourself to cry. You have to. You can't hold on to like, ah, and then a lot of the times when we think we fail, I don't even remember what I thought was a failure. Because at the end of the day, like Tyler Perry says, we're failing up, baby. Failing up. <laughs> failing up. Yes. <laughs> failing up. I love that. I love that. Well, I am so, so excited for what's to come for you and Avenida TV, everything yes. that you're doing. Please, 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 you know, come back. I want to hear all about how is it going once it launches. And that way, you know, amigas out there can like también, you know, subscribe and, you know, whatever. If you have a crowdfunding, you need investors. Yes. They're very powerful. 
very yes, powerful beyond that. measure. And, yes. you know, last night I had a beautiful dinner session with my amigas and I'm like, we came out, we're like, oh, we're multimillionaires and we're going to act like it. Yes. Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> so we get to invest like in people like you, what you're doing. And then it's just a ripple effect. So yes. I am so excited for you, Amiga. And I can't wait for all the amazing things that you're up to. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. And if anybody's watching, just go to Avenida TV and reach out and we'll be here for you. Yay. Amen to that. Thank you so much for being here on Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.